Oh, you guys are gonna gonna love this episode. This is this is a lot of fun. We're taking a little pivot away from the classic orthopedic surgeon story, and we're moving into what I like to describe as value for the orthopedic surgeon and medical device reps. We're gonna bring in Matthew Ray Scott, the bearded one, the brand man, the principal and managing director of Feed the Agency. He's just got an incredible perspective on life. He's an expert chef from culinary background. He's a military former US, a captain in the U.S. Army. And he just looks at life through a very different lens. And he is just so good at helping surgeons, medical device companies see from the inside out who it is, what you are, what you're doing, and then he helps you to communicate it. We're dear friends. It's a lot of fun. We have some laughs. We talk about Pitch Pro, which we're really excited about. You're going to love this episode. I am really excited. We're taking a little pivot here at the Ortho Show, and we're bringing you now Pitch Pro. We have an amazing group of panelists. Think of it sort of like a shark tank for orthopedics. Joe Mullings, Vin Dasa, the Fro, and the bearded one, Matthew Ray Scott, on a panel where medical device and pharma companies come in to pitch their story. We listen. We talk. We provide advice, and it is a hoot. We have amazing personalities. We provide amazing counsel and advice uh, to these groups. We are having a lot of fun. You guys are going to love it. Pitch Pro by The Ortho Show. From medical media, this is The Ortho Show. Hello world, it's your favorite opioid sparing orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Scott Sigmund here for another episode of the Ortho Show podcast where we bring you the best of the best. I could not be more excited for this week's episode where we bring in a beautiful man, a dear friend of mine, a colleague of mine, the bearded one, the brand man, Matthew Ray Scott. Dr. Scott Sigmund, this is a house for learned doctors. I could not be more excited to be on here. Oh, I'm giddy. I am absolutely giddy. You know, I just feel so bad for the audience that they're not able to see that beautiful beard that I am looking at right now. I mean, that thing is quaffed. You are ready to roll. I'm ready. I'm excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. I know that we're going to be talking about topics that are kind of going to be at the interface of surgeons, orthopreneurs. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right. So one of my uh, my quotes that I love from you that you you put on your LinkedIn, uh, your your lead page right there, because it's about who you are, which is uh, what what you do is that you help surgeons and medical device companies differentiate their brand from the sea of sameness. What does that mean? It means that doctors do a good job of describing what they do but they fail to unpack why they do what they do in a way that matters to patients that they're trying to attract and in a way that allows them to be differentiated. Fantastic. Now, when I look at your, your the name of your company is not by accident. So it's, it's feed in capital letters, comma, the agency. 
what it has to mean something very specific to you, and I want to hear it. Yeah, it does. Um, I made a decision that I did not want to be pigeonholed at all into having a common name. And so here's where feed comes from is I was part of a co-development team and a vice president at a biotech company. We sold that company to Medtronic. Had a little coin in my pocket, Dr. Sigmund. I had more money than cents. And I turned to, and you know what I'm getting ready to say, I turned to Sweet Sandy of the South. (laughs) And I said, Sweet Sandy, I want to go to culinary school. I want to take cooking classes. And she's like, do you want to be a chef? And I said, heck no. I just want to be able to serve people and cook great. So the reason why I named it Feed is that at the risk of sounding corny, I want to be able to nourish people. I want to be able to feed people. And there's no better business office than breaking bread, grabbing a glass of wine. You and I have done a little bit of that. And talking business and finding out how we can help one another. So Feed, the agency, was born. Oh, I, I absolutely love it. So before we get into the depths of some of the serious stuff, I thought we'd roll through a couple of personal questions. And you just segued it in perfect for me, by the way. And the reason we have a sweet Sandy of the South is because we have a sweet Sandy of the North. Yes, so my we wife do. Is also Sandra. So we got some serious Sandy in our lives. And, and we love it all. So it's fantastic. All right, so here we go. Are you ready for question number one, personal, perfect segue? Yes, sir. How is, how is it possible that a man that creates the feed agency who spent years of his life in culinary school no longer eats dead animals? <laughs> oh, this is a good one. I think there's people that are going to appreciate this because I got fat and I got unhealthy And two years ago, so first of all, I grew up with hippie mom. And if you grow up with hippie mom, you're going to eat vegetables. That's a done deal. But secondly, I got fat and I got unhealthy. And, you know, I bought into this lie that says when you're an entrepreneur that you're hustling all the time and you don't have to take care of yourself. And I mean, Scott, you and I know each other. I was right at 300 pounds and I was sick. And I went to my local doctor and I had not been to see a doctor in five years. That's the irony. I work with doctors for a living. And I turned to him and he said, hey, you haven't seen a doctor in five years. And I I made a joke. I said, yeah, because I knew that you would tell me that I was fat and that I was probably closing in on diabetes too. And he looked at me and he said, how is that working out for you? And I made a change. Now, I was looking for a lever. I got nothing against dead animals. I know you eat dead animals. Uh, In fact, I raise animals um, as part of the feed the agency in my backyard. So I appreciate animals. But I knew that I needed a fulcrum and a lever. I became a vegetarian. It's been almost two years. The weight dropped off. The blood pressure is great. I'm in the best shape since I've been in the military. And that's why I became a vegetarian because I knew that to have the energy to grow the way that our companies are growing, I needed the energy to show up every single day. And food becomes critical in the way that food, sleep, 
community, the things that I took for granted when I was younger and building up companies. And now I no longer take for granted because it gives me the environment and it gives me the energy to do what I was put on this earth to do. Word to the gospel, brother. I mean, yeah, I'm still eating dead animals. I make sure that my dead animals are eating really good, clean vegetables before I eat them. So I'm feeling pretty good, too. But really, that's actually good advice. And I know sweet Sandy of the North is listening right now, and she's staring me down. She's <laughs> saying, get to that doctor and start losing that 20 yourself. All right. So, dude, you're, you're just you're just just lining them up for me. I love it, which leads me right into my second question. You know, and again, I know you're you're from Arkansas, or we say Arkansas, as you guys like to say down there. Now, I know that there's a serious problem in our country, and I think it's really going unnoticed, and I think we need your opinion on this, and I'm going to hold you to it. So feral hogs are a national crisis, and people have no idea what I'm talking about, and you got to tell me what's going on down there, because you got you got animals in the backyard, you got stuff going on, you got to protect your, 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 your assets and your and your ranch and all the things going on. So what's going on with feral hogs? Okay, there's a uh, there's some brand naming here, which you would expect from me. Oh, nothing less. Okay. So the University of Arkansas, which is my backdoor street, is the Arkansas Razorbacks. That's an elegant wild pig. And then there's an unruly pig that you call the feral hog. <laughs> Uh, I actually have one hanging up on my wall here. No joke. I think you've seen it, Dr. Sigmund. And um, I call him Beechnut. And Beechnut has hung on my wall in every corporate office. And if you can just imagine some orthopedic, I've been in orthopedic and spine, you know. So could you imagine circa 2000 coming into my office? You and I are meeting. I'm trying to hire you as a consultant. And you see beech nut, the razorback feral <laughs> hog hanging on the wall. So yeah, you know what? If you're from Arkansas or if you know anything about Arkansas, the Razorbacks, which is our college team name, I mean, it's no jumbo like Tufts, <laughs> but, uh, but Razorbacks, you know, back when I was going to school would strike fear in every Southwestern conference opponent. So that's why that's how what I have to say about uh, feral pigs, but they will they will mess your day up, Doctor Sigmund. Well, they're they're <laughs> nasty. I mean, there are some videos out there. They're hunting them down with helicopters and yeah. machine guns, and these things are like eating children in the backyards. I mean, you got to be careful. No doubt, they are not to be messed with. I mean, if we had a video cam, if I flipped this camera, you would see these tusks on Beechnut over here, and yeah, Beechnut's got an attitude. Yeah, well, we, we've got Obi, who is my little cavachon. We love him. He's not up on the wall. He's adorable and doesn't come with big horns. So, <laughs> anywho, so so moving on, because another great segue, and I want to I want to say first and foremost, thank you for your service. But how did your time in the army really create who you are as a man now in the in profession and person? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, for me. I was real intentional with my military service. You know, my father was a career officer. So I had, I grew up being a military brat and I saw how it equipped him to be a leader. And then my father, when he left, my father, it, it allowed him to be a business owner, a businessman. And so it gave me 
this formative leadership experience. I mean, I went to a all-male military academy, got, you know, went into the military. And here's what I would say that it did for me is the path that I chose, it taught me to embrace discomfort. And so, you know, I was able to participate and be in units where we were embracing discomfort. And, you know, that's a lesson that all of us can apply, whether we go in the military or not, which is that there's going to be certain times where you and I and those listening to us have to move outside of their comfort zone. You're an orthopedic surgeon. There's a sense of identity. You know, you become an ortho laser orthopreneur, for example. You've got to embrace the discomfort of that. And so what happened for me is during that time, I mean, they paid for graduate school. I got worldwide experience. It prepared me to learn new skill sets. As you know, I've got this, you know, a medical background, but then I've got this quirky psychological warfare background and it equipped me to land on my feet very quickly. And I think the other thing that it did for me, and I mean this with all due respect to military veterans, it made me realize that my identity was not solely in being a soldier. Being a soldier equipped me to do other things in life. And I'm grateful for that because part of the challenge that we face in the veteran community is this feeling of my my best days were wearing uniform. My best days were jumping out of airplanes for a living. And I say to that veteran who's listening to me, your best days are ahead of you. Being a soldier or an airman or a sailor equipped you to do what you want to do and who you're becoming next. You know, I just love listening to you because you've got such, you know, incredible wisdom and you think so differently and it doesn't matter what you say it always comes out great so you know i really appreciate your honesty and sincerity in in that for sure all right so listen man so in case everybody doesn't know i mean we really haven't said it yet but i mean you're the principal and managing director feed the agency and really where you're where you are right now is you're the brand man you're helping people surgeons medical device people to be able to set themselves apart in a way in which is unique to them and so that allows them to, as you like to say, become the specialist of the specialists, uh, that sort of thing. So tell us, tell us and the listeners, what exactly is your brand? Describe your expertise and professional brand. My expertise or our collective expertise at Feed is aligning ourselves with specialty surgeons who are trying to avoid the money pit of traditional marketing. You're trying to think different. You're trying to position yourself different. And ultimately, you are looking to take brand awareness and use that as a platform to attract more ideal patients. And so when we started Feed going on 13 years ago, imagine this discussion, Dr. Sigmund, I raised the flag up the pirate flagpole and I said, we're going to be the physician brand agency that physicians never knew they could afford. Dead trout look, crickets. Buddies of mine saying, man, hang in corporate America. It's a comfortable gig. We're doing this. But I knew that 
there would be surgeons, and Scott, you're one of them, that wanted to be able to take your brand and have someone like us step up alongside you and say, listen, stop throwing money at traditional marketing. Stop trying to be found when you can be heard for less money. And so what happens in branding is it's Dennis Rodman plus time. Chew on that one, Dr. Sigmund. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. When you think of Dennis Rodman, what do you think of? Crazy hair, crazy outfits, flamboyant, and yet also one of the greatest defensive basketball players of all time. You bet. Dennis Rodman, a man filled with tattoos. And here's what branding is. Branding is creating a mental tattoo. It's a mental tattoo that creates a mental stop sign that allows you, Scott Sigmund, to be the opioid-sparing orthopedic surgeon. And here's the deal. The way that patients are thinking during this pandemic and how it aligns to what we're doing at Feed is they are looking for a specialist. They, and I don't mean just specialist within orthopedic, specialist within spine, specialist within cardiac. What I mean by specialist is that patients are not awakening going, I hope I can find a full service surgeon that markets, acts, thinks like everybody else. So I'm confused to tell the difference between Dr. Scott Sigmund and Dr. Scratch and Sniff and Waltham. They're not, they're not looking for that. And so what we help people to realize is, and, and I, I, I mean this carefully, we are not in the business of converting doctors to think they're a brand. In fact, just the other day, I had a call from an orthopedic surgeon and his first question was, Hey, why is it that I should hire you to brand? And what are the metrics that we can deal with? And I couldn't resist, Dr. Sigmund. I go, it's like asking, what's the ROI of your mother? <laughs> Judy, he, Judy's listening. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Both of our Judy's are listening because we both have moms <laughs> named Judy. And, and, but here to his credit, after there was a rolling belly laugh, he said, I get it. I get it. And so essentially what our core competency, you know, it's, it's true that we work with some of the leading medical device companies in the world, but our core competency is private practice, specialty surgeon wants to authentically be regarded as the go-to specialist within their specialty. You want to decrease patient acquisition cost. You want to drive brand awareness and thought leadership, and you want to attract not more, rather more ideal patients. That's what we do. Yeah, and you do it incredibly well. And, you know, it's interesting when it comes to brand, because I bet you some of these doctors call you and just say, you know, well, how are you going to develop, you know, my brand or whatever they may be saying? But what I've noticed, especially being on the show and developing just you know, incredible relationships with such unique orthopedic surgeons from around the world is that everyone's brand is unique to them. You know, we, for, for some, for some, it's practicing what you preach for others. It's, 
providing an education to your patients and your community. To others, it's being the expert with a new operation. But I think that the message that I would say, which I think you do incredibly well, is that you listen to that individual and then you kind of help tease out what it is that's so special about them. And then you just figure out a way to help communicate that. Yeah. What we're doing, Dr. Sigmund, is I would take that even one step further is no joke. I don't think that the audience can see this board, but I am, it, for those who are listening, I'm showing up a board. I could not even make this up. This is a board that I keep by my side because here's what I tell the surgeons that contact us. I say, we know definitively the six P's of how to position your brand. We know this statistically. We know this through our studies. And so for free, Dr. Sigman, when I talk with surgeons on Zoom, I hold up this board and I say, here it is. I want you to have value from this call. Here's the six P's, pain. I mean, you can look at the board here, you know, pain, perspective, problem solving, people, process, and place. And when we, sh as recent as this morning, an Indian orthopedic surgeon, an Australian spine surgeon, a Chinese neurosurgeon, an orthopedic surgeon from Texas. Just today, I showed that board to, and I find that when surgeons look at that, they realize that it's not that traditional model of just talk about pathology meets prognosis meets procedure. And that patients are looking to align themselves with something other than rotator cuff, lower extremity, you know, lumbar fusion, and the doctors that will leapfrog for less money and less time will view themselves as specialists within their specialty, but just so they don't feel that I'm talking about being the microdiscectomy guy or the laser gal, it has to do with those six Ps. And what you said, Scott, was true. Branding is an inside-out approach. So we're all unique. Our brand will be unique if you just have a game plan, and we have a game plan that we call the Brand RX, to be able to put it in a framework so that surgeons go, I get it. If the patient is the hero, and then I have a patient-centric process encircling that. And you do that well. You're doing that well at OrthoLaser, and those are the six pivot points. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, the problem is, is that so many doctors, all of us, we're sort of trained that you learn how to do all this stuff, you become as good as you can be, you take out all of those important diplomas, you throw them up on the wall, you shake some hands with the primary care doctors in the area, and then you sit back and you wait. And you wait for those primary care doctors to refer patients to you. But I think that our patients are so much more savvy at this point, and they understand, they look at reviews, they look at, you know, what are you saying out there in the world? What is your brand? What is your strategy? All of those things. And I think when you pair up with someone like yourself, and I want to be clear, I mean, I think one of the most important things that you talked about was really cost efficient branding, because there's so many ways to spend a tremendous amount of money, but not yet necessarily get your message across. And what you do so well is that you work intimately with these doctors and you tease out that inside out branding and then you help establish the message and then you're there for them through the entire process. And it's all reasonably priced and it's something 
that the doctors have to sort of get over the hump to say that it is okay to market yourself. It's okay to talk about yourself in your unique ways. And it's not necessarily advertising. It's not a billboard, but yet you have the right to be able to show your unique traits. And what we tell doctors is there's a difference, and we all know what it sounds like, between self-awareness and self-promotion. Self-promotion, we know what it sounds like. Patients are repelled by it. Self-awareness, patients are attracted to it. And so self-awareness pivots around those six Ps. What pain are you solving? What problem are you solving? What perspective or unique point of view are you aligning with a patient's worldview or community view? Who are the people that have individual personalities and what's the process or like a step-by-step roadmap? And so those are the Ps there. And what I tell surgeons every day of the week You're trying to prove that you're better when you should be focused on how you're different. Because the human brain, you know, one of my favorite, you, you and I in the orthopedic space and then spine space and all that, is that when I speak with surgeons, I, I just share with them, let's go to your website and let's take all your competitors. And we offer something. It's a complimentary service. It's called the Brand RX Audit. It's about a 30-page report and a 30-minute out brief. And we started to do that because what we recognized early on was that doctors really didn't know where we were going with the word branding. So we said, okay, let's give them an audit. It's the most strategic report that most doctors have ever had. And in less than 30 minutes, we tell them point by point, here's the health of your brand in the way that our background, advertising people, branding people, device people, technology people, in the way that your patients are thinking, in the way that they're finding you, in the way that they're choosing you. And it's such a helpful roadmap to go through that. But a big aha for doctors is when I say, you're trying to prove that you're better. It's a moot point. You can't do it. Doesn't matter where your fellowship was from doesn't matter what technology you're using. In fact, I say to doctors, what you say and what your patients hear are not always the same. Minimally invasive spine surgery, that's my favorite. I mean, I was part of the XLIF, Nuvasive brand machine. XLIF was great. Now, it was so great that when a spine surgeon comes to me and I say, you're a minimally invasive spine surgeon, or he tells me that, or she tells me that, I say, compared to what? And there's this deafening pause. And then I say, hey, I'm not trying to be flippant, but this is what your patients are asking. Compared to leaving a big fricking gaping hole in my back or the size of a quarter. And so what we've learned over the years is words matter to patients. And this old school mentality, and you mentioned it, whether it's the referral system or, hey, I'll just be perceived as having a level of expertise good enough that it will attract patients. The human mind is conditioned on looking for better. Now, better must be compliant. Better must be authentic. But there's ways for you to cut through the noise. And if you're a younger surgeon right now, and you're standing in line behind the silver hairs in your community, man, oh man, Dr. Sigmund, 
this is going to resonate with them. You do not have to wait in line for referral people. You can go straight to the line by just focusing patient-centric on how you are different. Well done. I think Kevin Cruz that we had on just the other day was a perfect example of that. That's exactly. part of his story. It's entwined to what, what he's doing. It's seven years into practice. So, yeah, really, again, sagely bearded wisdom, as we expect always from Matthew Ray Scott. So listen, crisis creates opportunity. Some people run from the storm. Other people look at the storm and run towards Certainly, this pandemic has really changed the way in which we can communicate. One of the projects that you and I are involved in, which I am very excited about, is the Pitch Pro series from the Ortho Show. And we just played, uh, had our first episode on with Bayerez and Kevin Rocco. We just had a sort of hoot of a time. It was lots of fun. We really provide incredible counsel. And, and I want to get your take on this because, you know, you were one of our first people as you know, we wanted a diverse panel, right? Joe Mullings, the serial entrepreneur uh, in the human resource world, who's had 500 startups. We wanted a branding expert, someone that could help to really provide counsel to these medical device and pharma companies and their products. And then we have obviously the two clinical experts, myself and Vindasa, but you know, what's your take on the series and, and what do you think the value is for, for the people that are coming on board? It's a great format because the concept of the pitch means, it, you know, I always describe it, Dr. Sigmund, as it's like Shark Tank, but for orthopreneurs. And whenever I describe it that way, people are like, oh, I get it. I get it. So the way that I describe Pitch Pro to people is imagine a forum when you're at an early development or growth stage. And in short order, because we're all in the pitching business, just most people don't know it yet. And so what I love about the pitch process is it's such a growth and learning opportunity, and it's difficult to stand tall for seven minutes, 10 minutes, and say, this is who I am this is who we are becoming. This is why it should matter to you. And this is what I'm asking you to do next. And that's tough for any of us. But then you take this panelist that with the right intention is listening well. And instead of defaulting to picking it apart, we're saying, consider this. Have you thought of this? Beware of this. And so in a quick-hitting format, virtually, think of how much it would cost to get that level of consultancy. I mean, we're talking to people once the show stops. You know, I made a decision. I know you did. I, I know that Joe and Vin, everybody else. When that show stops, because it will be released to fanfare, so it's a no-brainer. You, you are going to get recognized very, very quickly when you come on to Pitch Pro because when we get behind it and we amplify it, people are going to start talking about it. So that's a free bonus. But what is most impactful for me is I want these folks 
to call us offline when the cameras are not rolling and say, can I ask you a question? And then we say, yes, you may. And so the format is ideal for that online and offline stewardship. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's entertaining too. I mean, we have, you know, we're such big wits and, and minds and, and it just rolls off and there's fun and there's, you know, excitement and, and, and we really try to, to lift. I mean, we're not, this is not a downer program. We're not trying to embarrass people. Actually, we want to build you up and that's the, that's the process. So, you know, and I, and I look at it, you know, Matt, Matthew, that how are these companies communicating right now? I mean, here you are, we're going to finally have, you know, the first, you know, big event, which is going to be in Nashville for Anna and AOSSM. And I'm pretty confident that the fro and the beard are probably going to be on the sides of all of the buses in Nashville. So I think we're going to be there loud and cool. Hashtag it. (laughs) So, so, I mean, the point that I'm trying to make is, is that, you know, we have like 70,000 followers amongst us on our panel, which is incredibly unique across the orthopedic industry. And, and you're going to have people listening directly to what you have to say in an entertaining way. And I could not agree with you more, Matthew. I mean, Kevin's been in touch with me since, and we've talked about this. He's changing his strategy based on the counsel that we provided for him. He's brought in David Hook, who's one of the, you know, the great salespeople in orthopedics to be his vice president. So, I mean, I think there's tremendous value for, for the people uh, that are presenting, but there's incredible value for the people that are listening because it's such entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. Pitch Pro, the format is brilliant. And then the specialization is even better. Exclusive focus on you know, people across the landscape of med tech, um, some who are, you know, doctors, others who are non-MD. But what we all have in common is I got a piece of technology that can make a difference in the hands of the right doctors and then be delivered to patients that are looking for solutions. And so, yeah, I think it's the exact right format. Yeah, brother. I, I think we got real legs on this thing. I mean, we're excited. We've got two more that are already uh, uh, cleared at this point. So they're going to be popping out in the next couple of weeks. We're getting tremendous inquiries. I know you're getting people reaching out to you. I have as well. And Heather has been getting people. So we're, you know, we're really excited for this. Who knows? Maybe we'll get our mugs down to Mulling studio and we'll get some true video going on to see our beautiful faces. Hey, as soon as he sends the private plane to pick each of us up, we're going to be there. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering if they've got some sort of a, a setup for the closet down there because I don't want to disappoint getting out of the closet up here. You know what I'm saying? No doubt about it. I remember in Milwaukee, we walked into that restaurant, and there was some pausing going on. There was pausing. I mean, I'm a plus size hand model on the side. You're you're a hair model on the side, so no doubt about it. And the beautiful Donald Driver was there as well with that big, beautiful, bald head of his and dancing across the, the table. It was fantastic. My Great favorite time. scene, speaking of orthopreneurs and ortholaser, my favorite scene is when Dr. William Pennington walks into the house. People yeah. freeze. They start kissing his ring. He's kissing people Italian style on both cheeks. And I'm like, this is a man that I want to embrace openly. 
Yeah, no, he has been an absolute rock star for the Ortho Laser franchise. That Milwaukee uh, facility is second to none, and he is a fantastic healer uh, with his wife, Joanne, who's running and doing an amazing job. Their next one's opening up, too, so we're so proud of that, of ha- having them in the uh, Ortho Laser franchise. Hey, look, Matthew, I, you know, this is what we are so happy to do on the Ortho Show. You know, sometimes we we stay into the middle and we talk to orthopedic surgeons that are phenomenal. But as you like to say, sometimes we like to pivot a little bit to the left and pivot a little bit to the right. And you are such a sagely counsel within our orthopedic space for the help and the and the and all of the things that you're doing to help orthopedic surgeons really become great and find their inner spirit as to who they are and message. And we can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with, here with us today. Uh, thank you, Dr. Sigmund. It's it's a pleasure and an honor, and uh, I'm just grateful to, you know, spend time with you and with other folks who think like you. Yeah, as a, as a general rule, like I usually like to say, I'm never sure what's coming out of Matthew Ray Scott's uh, voice, but when it does come out, I know I'm going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> very thoughtful, very thoughtful. All right, this is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Till next time.